0: Hi, everyone. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the following podcast belong solely to the host and its contributors. They are not necessarily the views of our employers, organizations, committees, or other group or individual. Hi, I'm Joseph Whitney. And I'm David Campbell.
1: Welcome to Brewing with BIM.
0: Where we talk about constructing technology, processes, and beer. Of Brewing with BIM. What is going on, David?
1: Hey, not much. Joey, just uh, looking forward to this episode.
0: Yeah, it's an important one, man. Uh, When we talk about BIM and all that is BIM, um, you know, this this topic gets a little contentious. A lot of people don't consider this a BIM tool, but I got to tell you, it was the first BIM tool in my mind. Uh, We're talking about AutoCAD today. Awesome. Um, So before we get started, got to get to the most important question. What are you drinking?
1: So today I am uh, once again balling on a budget. So I went and got a tall boy Corona.
0: Dude, you are living the life, my man. You got a stogie and you are drinking a Corona. Yes, sir. Indian sweet stogie. All right, my man. All right. So today I am drinking um, something I thought I would like more than than I actually do. Uh, it's not bad, but it's the Sierra Nevada 40 uh, Limited Edition, the Hoppy Anniversary Ale. Gotta tell you, as far as Hoppy beers goes, not my favorite. Um, it's got a, a bit of a uh, I don't know. It's got a bit of a taste that that is uh, to be desired. But again. You drink four of these and you're good, man. I got to tell you, this is my third one. <laughs> They're getting better. They're growing on me. No, it's it's a good beer. It's just, uh, like I tell you, man, you uh, you Northwesterners ruined my, my taste buds.
1: Man, I tell you what, last week I was in Tacoma and it, it kind of sucks because I, I left the beer that I was bringing home. I, I, I got a beer from the brewery we went to. We did a tap tour in Tacoma at uh, E9 Brewing. Shout out to those guys. Uh, they fantastic job but uh i got their raspberry sour oh so good and i i drank probably four or five of them and uh i'm like all right i'm gonna take a bottle home left it in the fridge
0: oh man
1: (laughs) yeah left it in the hotel fridge and realized it as i'm like in portland like oh where's that beer yeah
0: that's happened to me a few times. It's uh it's unfortunate, but the person that comes in after you or the uh the housekeeper's got a nice surprise.
1: Paying it forward.
0: <laughs> yes, sir, yes, sir. Um I've been kind of all over the place these past few weeks and uh, I know it's been hard to to kind of nail down times and I know we're doing this one kind of midweek. Um, but but I gotta tell you, man, this is an important one. This is uh this is a good milestone for us. On the old uh, um, uh, podcast, just because this is such um, an instrumental tool to pretty much all that we do today. And you kind of got your roots started in AutoCAD, didn't you? You uh, weren't you like a teacher at a college or something? I was
1: actually, yeah. I got my roots in um, CAD when I first went back to school in 2012 after my uh, after my second deployment. I uh, first learned on CAD, and going through you know CAD classes, CAD certification, I I loved it a lot. Now I'm going to tell you when I got into Revit, being in architecture, I loved that a little bit more. But um, <laughs> when I was when I was teaching at the uh, local community college in Valparaiso, I taught the CAD certification courses.
0: Oh, man. So, you know your thing, you know, you think too about CAD, you yeah, know, your way we'll around it, it in at the very least, man. Yeah, no, right, right.
1: I may forget a few th- things in there, uh, here and there in the command line, but, uh, yeah, I know I can navigate my way around it pretty well.
0: All right. All right. Well, well, let's break it down. So, uh, AutoCAD has obviously been around, uh, probably as long as you and I have both been on this earth. So, uh, yeah, hard. It's crazy to think about, right? Um, But, uh, you know, I came into AutoCAD, and and we we had a ribbon. Like, none of this command line stuff. I mean, yeah, we use the command line, simple stuff. But um, for the guys that came in, you know, we're talking R12 or whatever, you know, they they hate the ribbon. They're, you know, fighting it tooth and nail. But, um, you know... Everybody always has that remembrance of the way it used to be, and I got to tell you, I've been reading up on the history of uh, AutoCAD over the years, and I would not want to run uh, <laughs> AutoCAD 1.0, man. No, That's uh, good lord, quite crazy. So, so I'm gonna do a quick history uh, over AutoCAD. Um, I took some notes here. Um, so, AutoCAD obviously um, it was InteractCAD. It was released in 1979, and then it was first released by Autodesk in 1982. Uh 1986, it was the de facto CAD program. Everybody had it. Uh, as far as people that had CAD programs, that was the CAD program they had. In 1985, Autodesk became a publicly traded company. Uh, four years later, so by 1989, they had sold $100 million in software. And to put this in perspective, a seat of AutoCAD 1.0 cost $1,000 crazy, and I am horrible at math, especially after three beers. But uh, that's a lot of keys, man. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of copies sold. So, um, so there was a softest acquisition that happened in 1979. Uh, they started developing industry-specific tools, which is uh, key to what we're going to talk about today, because there are some specialized tools, and this gets into the the conversation about what is AutoCAD. Um, and this is important because um, AutoCAD. Was used by everybody so having these specialized tools um it's, it's just a, it's a versatile program right the number one reason why autocad is still to this day probably the most used autodesk product and there's one of the least the most used cad software is because it is so versatile it's used by so many industries and it's done a great job at cementing the uh, standards for uh, file formats so the dwg and the dxf are industry standards um and as i said earlier it's still one of the if not the most sold CAD product or used CAD product today, it's pretty crazy.
1: It definitely is. Yeah, yeah.
0: I have a little bit of trivia for you there, real quick. Um, so, in my uh, you know searches for you know fun stuff about AutoCAD and the history of AutoCAD, I came up with this fun tidbit, and some of our listeners are probably going to know know this, and you and I obviously were. <laughs> we're we're babies in in this space when it comes to AutoCAD, but uh, do you know what the original message that um uh came up when when AutoCAD crashed in AutoCAD 1.0? Do you know what that original message said?
1: No, what was it?
0: AutoCAD gives up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's so, awesome.
0: Yeah, and I think it was later that year. Um, there was a uh, conference and uh, the competitive cad program out there was giving away buttons and stickers that said uh we never give up like just kind of a, <laughs> a little <laughs> kick them oh that was pretty funny man yeah it was that is good awesome. information yeah um so so you know we just mentioned that autocad is um you know, it's so versatile, it's used by everybody. I think we have to get into the conversation for those that don't know. Obviously, everybody that listens to this podcast should know what AutoCAD is. There's probably a few millennials out there are like, What is that? Is that a 2D program? I've never heard of that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, damn, millennials, you're just like us because we're millennials too. Um, so, AutoCAD is uh CAD, if you're not familiar with computer data drafting. Uh, CAD with 2D's computer aided drafting and design. Um, it, AutoCAD is essentially the, you know, de facto. I said this already. It is the most used tool um, for computer computer aided design. It allows you to use your computer to draw lines, place points, arc shaped circles, that sort of stuff. From there, you can do even more complex stuff. You can do extrusions. You can do things like dynamic blocks, which are, I love dynamic blocks. And then if you're super nerdy, you can do things like LISP routines. Um, and have you ever had any experience with LISP routines, David? No,
1: I have not. I have not had any experience huh. with those.
0: I, I've had experience fixing people's LISP routines, but I don't know anything about LISP routines. I just Google that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man? Yep. Yep. All right, man. So um, and you you mentioned architecture earlier. Um, is that where you used AutoCAD? Was it AutoCAD architecture? Was it plain AutoCAD? Yeah, initially, w-
1: initially, it was just uh plain AutoCAD. I started in 2012 and then went to 2013 and then you started seeing the whole ribbons and, and, uh, toolbars kind of changing. And, uh, it, it was really kind of also helping in my push to, <laughs> to Revit there. But, um, Yes, uh, I I got in right around 2012, 2013. And uh, for architecture, and and I worked for a a design build firm at the time, and we were using AutoCAD for pretty much everything you could think of and Revit for renderings. So what we did is we did, you know, the architects had their plans. I worked with another, um, um, well, he was a mechanical engineer, to do the mechanical drawings, and essentially what we were doing was just linking everything together through Xrefs. And as everybody was working, they were supposed to update the Xrefs, you know. So we had that live data going back and forth for our mechanical, our structural designers, and then um, the architectural team.
0: That makes a big file, doesn't it?
1: Yes, dude, it, it's huge.
0: And yeah.
1: any time those details change, you know, you're going back through and you're going to update uh, your sections or your details, things like that.
0: Yeah, I've had to fix a few of those files. Not fun times, man. Not fun times. No, uh, but, you know,
1: what's Great really going to be oh, – oh, sorry. Go ahead. No,
0: go ahead, my man. I'm just going to sit was gonna back say, and take a beer.
1: <laughs> One big thing that's going to help with all of that um, is templates, getting those dynamic blocks loaded, you know, any uh, your line styles, your line types, things like that, and getting an idea of um, having any of those, again, those dynamic blocks that you can reuse over and over again. So when you're pushing up a new project, um, kind of adapting that template to keep it, I don't want to say live, but in a sense of adjusting it per jobs and then having um, multiple templates, I guess, to kind of push forward with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so standards in place, no different than what we do in Revit. Um, just, you know, uh, setting that that setting yourself up, setting that job up rather for success, yes. having all that stuff predefined, preloaded um, makes life a lot easier. So the reason why I asked you about your discipline is because for those that don't know, AutoCAD, you know, used to just be lines, arc, circles, um, and then there were these packages that you had to purchase. You know, you had AutoCAD Architecture, you had AutoCAD Plant 3D, AutoCAD Map 3D. All great in their own right, all had a lot of um, unique features. AutoCAD Architecture was was a great tool. I, I still know yep. architects to this day that love that more than Revit, actually, which is pretty crazy. Um, AutoCAD Map 3D, as a GIS nerd, it wasn't something we were introduced to. You know, Esri was the standard but having played with it, it you know, it, it does its job. It does a great thing. It's got the familiar CAD interface, but we can do uh, FDO Connect and a bunch of other stuff, so that's great. Um, but the reason why I bring this up is because while all that was all segregated in the past, um, now it's just one platform. Well, at least they call it one platform. Mm-hmm. It's called AutoCAD with specialized tool sets. And what it is is it's an AutoCAD And you can download the version that you want, but you just pay for one seed of software, one AutoCAD, which is the only AutoCAD you can buy. It's an AutoCAD. Um, I mean, if we're not talking about LT, another topic, though. (laughs) You buy AutoCAD, you get access to all these other tool sets. So no matter your discipline... um, you get the tool that kind of fits your need. Uh, I think with the exe- with the exemption of Civil 3D, that's still a standalone product. The reason why this is important is because as we talk about the versatility of AutoCAD and how many people use it, um, you have to break it down by industry and who uses what. And that just becomes a long conversation. So just, just uh, hang with me real quick while I say who uses it, obviously. Everybody in the AEC, architects, engineers, construction firms, they use it. That's a no brainer. Then you've got manufacturing. Yeah, it's still not too much. You know, not not too far out there. It's still not a no-brainer. Um, inventors, facility managers, oil and gla- oil and gas companies. Um, you've got planning departments. You've got city inspectors. I mean, the list goes on and on. Like everybody uses this. Um, uh, space planners, um, <laughs> the federal government, the military. Everybody uses this software. It's pretty crazy how remarkable. Um, and how far, um, reaching this, this is, everybody uses AutoCAD and chances are, if there's anything that you're looking at today, there's a good chance that Autodesk products designed it at some point in time, whether it's the building, the road, or just a, you know, pencil on your desk, pretty crazy stuff, huh?
1: Yeah, it is, man. And I mean, it really does, like you said, kind of speak to the versatility of it. And again, you know, we're, we're talking about BIM here, but how it feeds into that BIM process, how CAD obviously is part of the BIM process. And as you guys are kind of getting or taking those, those bigger strides into BIM, into figuring out what that is, CAD is going to enable you in many different ways. Um, you can start off with base level, and then you kind of work your way up, whether, again, you're going with MEP, um, we can go into fabrication CAD, MEP, we can go into, you know, advanced steel. You can kind of take it off into so many different directions. Uh, It's just, like I said, it's versatile. It's very awesome, and it allows you to keep going in multiple directions um, to help suit your needs and and better improve your processes and and give in more to the the BIM kind of uh, idea, I guess, or ideal.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's perfect. And and I've been kind of like grasping with this whole concept of, you know, what is BIM? Is it just the information in the model? And really what I've come down to is BIM for me, it, just in a nutshell, is providing data in such a way, you know, uh, geometry, all that sort of stuff, in such a way that others can use it than you're in, uh, outside of your intended target. And what I mean by that yep. is – your intended target is to get uh, drawings out to the field or for permitting or or whatever your intended target is. But if but if others can utilize that information and the information that you put in there, maybe there was concurrent engineering going on. Maybe it's got detail work. Maybe um, this feeds into like as you mentioned earlier, your fabrication academy piece systems. Maybe. Um, the information that you've put out, like you put blocks in there in such a way that the guys doing layout, concrete layout, there you go. can instantly do point creation and go do. Like there's, there's so much that that we can do that goes beyond, you know, this whole idea of I have to have a 3D model with information in it. AutoCAD has the capabilities of doing 3D design. We just don't think of it in such terms because we're printing 2D sheets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so. In my mind, as we talk about BIM, AutoCAD's kind of the OG BIM, man. Like, uh, if we were going to do a cutaway to a video right now, we'd, you know, do some uh, Snoop Dogg, you know, laid back. And we'd have, you know, AutoCAD's, you know, sitting in a 64 Impala, just, just you know, bouncing or something like that. <laughs> uh, sorry, man. Too many beers. Too many beers. But uh, good visual.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is the OG there. And, and yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it. It the beautiful thing is, it, it keeps improving with technology. So again, you know, going back to like fabrication, CAD, advanced steel, you're also going to see the capability to pull in point clouds. You can pull in point clouds and, and kind of analyze the existing data that is there and, and kind of draw off of that.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and like um, so, I don't know how. How often this has happened to you before in the past, or how often you've had to deal with this? But being on the GIS side, we've gotten a lot of old plans, right? Yeah. And we've scanned them in. And using raster design, again, built into AutoCAD, we were able to kind of rubber sheet, clean up these drawings, and kind of make uh, a plan for ourselves or a map of ourselves or, you know, whatever we were doing. It was typically mapping out utilities, but – or bring to light these CAD drawings, I should say, that were pretty ancient and scanned. Um, drawings, bring them in and scale them and actually be able to rebuild off them mm-hmm. in AutoCAD. Like AutoCAD w- was and still kind of is ahead of its time in a lot of its features. And there are so many third-party plugins that just make AutoCAD even more amazing.
1: Definitely. I mean, uh, there's new stuff. Again, it's, it's the OG, it's the baseline kind of program that we're going off of. So in, in that sense, there are a lot there is a lot of support and there are a lot of those add-ins that you're going to see out there for different functionalities.
0: Yep. Yep. hundred percent, hundred percent. So I don't know if you want to jump to this topic yet, or if you still want to continue about this, but I was thinking about talking about the cost of adoption.
1: Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I mean, we, we know that, um, that is, that is one of the, key things here uh, as we kind of get into further into bim is how much is it going to cost you is there a big upfront cost how can we get into this as we you know start to st- start to increase our stride into bim the adoption cost is is, is huge it, it really is
0: yeah yeah and as far as softwares go I mentioned earlier about AutoCAD um, originally being one thousand dollars for AutoCAD 1.0 so as far as softwares go, the inflation rate over the last 30 years on uh, AutoCAD is not significant because the seat of AutoCAD today, with all of those uh, assets that they had purchased and you know they spent countless countless millions of dollars buying them, are now included for one price, and that is $1,610 per year per show. user. So for sixteen hundred and ten dollars, so six hundred and ten dollars more than it originally cost, you get loads more functionality than you ever got out of out of a AutoCAD. It's pretty crazy. Um, it is. And then, I mean, so sorry,
1: if I can take it a step further, no, you're good. I was just, um, I, I I always kind of seem to go off in these tangents as we start, you know, talking about things. But you know, we can even take CAD into machine control into horizontal construction, you know, and, and start linking those drawings, telling it, you know, where pipes are or where this roadway, where this curb is going to be. The, the usage of it again is
0: huge. Yeah. I mean, you and I talk about this stuff in our professional life all day. <laughs> so so it's comes as no surprise that, that, you know, that stuff, um, the, the, Again, the the use cases of it are are so profound. So uh, when we talk about BIM, though, typically the target, uh, you know, I would say the people that are interested in BIM, rather, you know, there's owners, uh, there's uh, architects, there's engineers, there's GCs, there's subcontractors. And they're all kind of focused on the vertical market, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But BIM has a broader appeal than that, right? So we talk about... BIM for the field and that's or for you know horizontal construction as you mentioned and that's civil information modeling it's still all the same thing it's information in a model um, and AutoCAD is is probably the, the one if not you know if not sorry the the only if not the main one um, that crosses all boundaries AutoCAD and uh, oh I, we mentioned this on our last podcast Bluebeam obviously
1: yep yep I yep. completely agree.
0: Oh uh, cost of adoption. Um, so $1,610 a year but AutoCAD LT so those that just care about 2D doesn't really fit our whole BIM uh, concept but uh, those that are concerned with just 2D you can't really run any third well I know you can't run any third-party add-ons on it you can't um, you know connect to tables or any of that stuff but if you just want to draw lines or arc circles communicate some information for others downstream AutoCAD LT is about 400 bucks a year. this is all pulled from Autodesk website mm-hmm. um, and oh one of the greatest things about AutoCAD that um, it's probably the least utilized tool that people know about uh, that is totally worth mentioning is the AutoCAD mobile app and the AutoCAD desktop app. Have mm-hmm. you used any of those yet?
1: I have actually I, I, I got to play with them a little bit today. And it's just nice being able to view your files, and, and and the desktop app, I mean, makes a lot of sense. Being able to, um, well, share those files.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love it, man. The the mobile app was kind of, uh, you know, interesting to me as somebody who spends a lot of time out in the field with tablets. Uh, being able to pull that stuff on pull that stuff up on a mobile device and make some simple edits and annotations. That's great. I mean, you could essentially, you know, we talked about redlining um, with uh, Bluebeam, but you could essentially do your redlining just from AutoCAD. Um, Pretty remarkable stuff.
1: It is. It it really is. And, you know, kind of speaking off redlining and if we're going to talk about collaborating, um, I I think I feel like we should talk about the expanding capabilities of it with um, BIM 360. Right. So this year we've seen Autodesk released that Civil 3D into BIM 360 integration, which which is great. You know, we're starting to see version control. We can kind of update. We're still looking for that to kind of um, get better in terms of being able to, you know, you can save your Civil 3D drawing and it does update that version and linking that is uh, into where it needs to go. But let's think about that for CAD. You know, if you're inserting links, Xrefs, what have you, if you're sharing that DWG with anyone who's um, using any other type of program, let's say Revit, let's say Navis, you know, anything like that, you can share that information through the cloud and and make sure that anyone has the most up-to-date documentation.
0: Yeah, and we can even upload linked files. There's a lot of great yep. stuff that we can do with BIM 360 and CAD, and it retains all that CAD uh, information. We talk about the smart information inside of Revit. Uh, there's a lot of information inside of CAD as well. You know, if you've the time to create dynamic blocks and put attributes and a bunch of mm-hmm. other stuff and, and hard work into that drawing. Um, you want that to come through in all assets. You don't want it to die off in a PDF or a static print rather having the ability to share that information. Pardon me. Um, rather having me. any. Inf- <laughs> Sorry, man. I uh, uh, had a burp, man. You're, oh, no, dude, yeah, I dude.
1: got you. I got you. We <laughs> reached that age.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, if I drink, uh, if I drink, you know, four beers, uh, I'm gonna be feeling this tomorrow. But, uh, <laughs> anyways, dude, it just goes again. Getting... I'll be 36 this year, man. 36. Ah. dude, uh, I
1: turned 31 yesterday.
0: Yeah. Happy belated birthday, my man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Did you do anything fun? Ah, Sorry, you gone? know, uh,
1: can't going off on a, a small okay. tangent here. Uh, yeah, yeah. you know, actually,
0: okay. I. I, Fight <laughs> I, me. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: I got to um so I came home last night, the kids had made me some cards, um, and that was awesome. You know, Adrian made me a great dinner and um kind of surprised me with this homemade dairy free, since I do have a dairy allergy. Um yeah. dairy free so, peanut right. butter pie. And let me tell you what, dude, this thing was like a Reese's. It was a Oreo crust with peanut butter and coconut milk like mixed in the middle and dark chocolate on the top whoo buddy
0: man you and my wife have a sweet tooth dude i that's <laughs> not for me man. oh
1: yeah, give so, me like so sauteed
0: me. sauteed mushrooms and onions on a steak and that's that's my that's my that's my sweet tooth man yeah uh, good scotch to go with it feeling there good go. no mm-hmm. you're so portland man You've, you've gotten a dairy allergy since you've been out there you <laughs> handmade cards uh come on man like no nah, i'm just kidding we, we do the handmade awesome. cards too but <laughs> just wanted to give you some shit oh, yeah. All, yeah. Right. Oh. all right all right man sorry back to it dude um so collaborating in the cloud right uh it's a great great uh, topic and i can't wait to dive into this later um you and i are going to do a whole podcast around this all the different modules of bim 360 since we're both very freaking knowledgeable with bim 360 uh anybody that has any questions about bim 360 specifically hit us up it's what we do um autocad though um there's there's so much to it and yet i feel like i'm grasping for words just because i f- you know i feel like i don't want to say something that everybody already knows mm-hmm. um so going to the cost of adoption right um just plain AutoCAD, sixteen hundred and ten bucks a year. The training that goes with that, it just depends, right? Because there's different tool sets. So, like say AutoCAD Plant 3D, for instance. Um, training for that is, you know, more highly specialized. And uh, Map 3D, I don't know too many people that are doing Map 3D training these days, to be honest. Uh, I see a lot of that stuff, type of stuff, on e-training more often than not. Um, yeah. or just done in house. Um, and then uh, plain AutoCAD. I, you know, it's just we were talking about this earlier. It's like there's training everywhere for uh, plain AutoCAD. Like everybody offers training for plain AutoCAD. The, the tutorials online are great. Like just to get into it, the intro stuff is phenomenal. Um, it's really about tailoring this, you know, very unique tool. I say unique. It's not even unique. This Versa- ubiquitous tool. Yeah um versatile tool that's the word um to fit your needs and, and to make sure you guys get the most out of it so for instance if i'm a mechanical subcontractor i got to develop blocks dynamic blocks for um hangers right so i want my hangers to change size uh depending on how many um uh, uh pipes or uh, ducts that i'm running um I want it to scale correctly. I want to, you know, if, if it's a certain size, I want to be able to change from, you know, the, the hanger type itself. Like there's so much stuff that, that we can do with dynamic blocks that you can have pre-baked and pre-set up. And that type of stuff, that takes time. Like that takes somebody who spent some nice. time in the program. Or at least has been around other people that have spent spent time in the program and actually you know knows what they're looking for kind of to figure out because the thing about AutoCAD is since it is so uh, easy to tailor and fit your needs um, the sky's the limit you really just got to know what you want out of it so um, there's a lot of great resources out there David you're well, a great resource so well, going to say can you expand on that man I mean Go ahead, if, man.
1: if you're talking about like MEP with especially let's say with that fabrication CAD MEP and, and you're looking at building catalogs uh, even to push into, let's say, Revit. And, you know, at that point you, when you're ready to move into Revit, you build those catalogs. You know what pieces you're going to cut if you want to prefab anything or, um, well, prefab or you actually need fabrication on, on the site, anything like that. You can specify, you build those blocks and push that into your Revit or kind of what have you at that point um, to push that information through and have the most accurate for your your field personnel right or the um, actual fabrication personnel to go off of.
0: yeah and that's really the goal of fabrication academy p anyways but i kind of leave that uh, as a separate product Um, fabrication academy p instead of autocad yes you know there's a lot of overlap there trust me but um there's so much like we could do another podcast just on fabrication academy p uh, picking, oh, yeah. you know, using the services, the dot ITMs, um, in Revit, it's, it's a phenomenal way to go. Uh, if you've got an old existing library, you do want to get it into Revit. There are ways for you to get into Revit. Um, but you know, keep plugging away at CAD and, until you, until you have to. Um, yep. I, I like the method of, um, staying in fabrication CAD MEP, uh, doing the, um, work in fabrication at Academy P. And if your as-built model or, you know, if you if you have obligations to put this information in a Revit model, um, bring over some .MAJs. There are plenty of tools that allow you to bring in multiple instead of just the single. Um, M-Suite makes a great product. Um, bring, the .MAJ, bring all the .MAJs you want in there, and that way you have all that information inside of your Revit model ready to roll. Um, that's a great workflow uh, yeah. until you guys... Get up to speed on Revit, that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, and, uh, and
1: if we can talk about that APL, you know, if you're actually using anything for layout, if you want to place points inside of your hangers or anything, even in just regular CAD, nesting those families inside or nesting your points inside of those blocks It's going to save you yeah, some time.
0: Yeah. I spent a lot of time in, in Autodesk Point Layout. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Auto, uh, APL is Autodesk Point Layout. It's a great tool, sits on top of the AutoCAD verticals. Obviously, Revit and Navis works as well. But in today's context, uh, we are talk about AutoCAD. And some of you guys might be thinking, well, why do I need uh, point layout on AutoCAD if AutoCAD can export, um, you know, point information to an Excel file anyways? Well, um, with AutoCAD, we can actually create points and mass by type. So, for instance, uh, blocks. Blocks are very important, right? I've got a block for every uh, hanger size, hanger type, for every uh, banger, for every um you know uh, for for pretty much everything uh, there's a different size block that represents each one of those as i draw with it in autocad what we can do with autodesk point layout is we can select um those blocks and assign uh you know point numbers we can assign descriptions we can actually pull descriptions from the the blocks themselves um and do uh, uh automatic point creation Puts it on a new layer, and you just export that uh, DWG or DXF to the field, and they have all the all the all, not only all the geometry, but they have all the points um, and any you know uh, related data that they'd want. Um, another great workflow that I like is if you have people uh, who gave you a file, but they necessarily didn't necessarily draw blocks or they exploded everything. We can select elements place points and replace with our own blocks um it makes life a lot easier and autodesk point layout does all of that automatically it's pretty nice pretty cool stuff baked into it um excited to see where that goes uh in the future but yeah. uh uh it's great it's great uh, autocad tool so um we're kind of talking about ancillary products that go into AutoCAD, but it's kind of hard not (laughs) to going all over the place. (laughs) You talk about vanilla AutoCAD, like everybody calls it vanilla AutoCAD, AutoCAD basic, plain AutoCAD, whatever you want to call it. You know, the AutoCAD vertical, again, is so versatile that um, there are so many tools that just enhance it so much. And not only that, people make their own tools with Lisp routines. um, And that's a very common thing. Like, um, I see people all the time, you know, posting about new Lisp routines, which is crazy because you think about Lisp routines. Those have been around since what, like 20 years or something. They've been around forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know when the first Lisp routine was written, but I imagine it was probably a thousand lines long. But um, mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, I, I had a friend, a uh, colleague in the past that wrote Lisp routines that. So when people would uh, open up the program in the morning, it would say, you know, how are you doing? Have a nice day or whatever. Like just get crazy with a bunch of stuff because uh, you can do anything, anything with with AutoCAD. It is essentially a piece of clay that that you mold and, and do with it as you will. So um, I know you had mentioned earlier wanting to talk about functions and workflows. Um, was there anything in particular that you were thinking of on, on that uh, that front?
1: Well, I mean, honestly, there's there's quite a few. I mean, I, I've kind of already um, briefly
0: touched yeah, we on. A, we went out of order. It's all right. Yeah, oh yeah, we're going all over the
1: place for this episode. <laughs> Throw format out the window. No. <laughs> um, I'm thinking it's. They're more like guidelines than rules, right? <laughs> but uh <laughs> it, it's it you know Can't there's so many.
0: I, I watched a movie last night with um uh that Jesse Eisenberg guy, the Facebook guy, mm-hmm. um called the Art of Self Defense, and it was it was all right. It was a little weird, but it was still interesting. Uh, the ending line or one of the lines in the movie was um uh. You told me to play by the rules. What rules? There are no rules here, man. Do what you want. Go in any order that you need to. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Man.
1: No, you're good. You're good. Thank you. I like that. Um, yeah, man. I mean, there, there's there's architectural workflows where you know you're drawing you're, and you're linking those together through Xrefs. You're sending it to um,
0: Revit so, so if for you need. So listening, or for those that are tuning in, that aren't familiar with XREFs. What is an XREF?
1: So an XREF is an external reference. So it's essentially like if I'm working on, let's say, the AutoCAD or the uh, architectural um, model, I'm working on my first floor. And I need to link in or XREF uh, the mechanical layout for that first floor, or you know, vice versa. So I'm going to go ahead and save that out. And someone's going to go ahead, insert and uh, CAD. And they're going to bring that in as, a, insert it in as an XREF. And the beautiful thing about an XREF is that it, once it updates, it recognizes that update. And you're going to see a little little um, notification on your kind of viewing window telling you that you need to update that XREF. And then you can go ahead, update that. And then it's going to go ahead and you know, essentially change. And what's really nice about that is as you're doing your design or you're doing layout, what have you, you know that you have the most up-to-date information, um, kind of not leaving anybody behind with that versioning, which is a huge problem in our industry. Um, but also being able to, you know, like I said, linking that into Revit as that model updates. Essentially, that's just another XREF. It's just an it's ex- external reference that you're going to update and be able to, you know, manage links, reload, and update that. Um, so there, there's a lot of workflows that we're going to see just even with that. And with, with programs like Revit or Navis, you can export to DWG. So you can always go back. So if, you, if, if you're if you working with someone who is a little bit farther ahead, that is fine. If they're working in Revit, just have them export to DWG, insert that in as an XREF, and then update that link. So it can go
0: backwards if you need it to. Makes sense to me, man. But uh, I knew what an XREF was before I asked, so that's why.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm breaking it down.
0: No, hey, that's that's what I asked, man. Um and it's important that you know we we you know obviously try to keep this to the lowest common I don't know how to say that, not the lowest common denominator, but the the person that's basic just now level. getting this for the beginner, yeah, the basic level. There you go, man. Exactly. You're, you're, you teach, so you've got you know how to do all that stuff. I'm I'm just the guy that <laughs> comes in and says, "What do you mean you don't understand what this is?" I'm
1: the guy that my <laughs> wife says, "Stop trying to teach everybody." I know. Stop explaining this to me. <laughs>
0: yeah, I I have a, a a bad tendency to mansplain to my wife, but she, so she calls it mansplaining, and I'm like, "But do you actually know what BIM is?" She's like, "No," but I don't care, and I'm like, "Okay, well then I get it." You, all right. Oh, she's a, she was a teacher for, for years. Yeah. Uh so so I could learn from her. I just, uh you guys and your patience, man. I I envy you. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um uh, any, so so yeah, you've got a great um passion for this. You know how to break it down in such a way that, that you can relate this to people. Um uh, I kind of just start at you know the top and I'm like, well are you doing this? No, you're not doing that. Are you doing this? No, you're not doing that. Are you doing this? Like work backwards. Gotta bring it to the basics. Get everybody from the from the um from the ground up, everybody on the, the same level. So AutoCAD for everybody, you know, for most people might sound like a uh oh yeah, I know this, I know this, I know this. But there's a plan. We need to talk about this. So that we can talk about other stuff later on. And you know um, if I can if I can
1: actually since I'm uh, my mind's going with it um, it's an important thing to talk about as you guys are getting into CAD, building that you know your libraries right If whatever details that you guys are creating no matter what industry you're doing, you're gonna have some common details per project type, right? building those libraries of those details that you can start referencing project to project to project. And as you're, again, increasing your stride with this, and you're going farther, and you're going farther, and you're saying, hey, you know what? We're ready to take that next step into, let's say, Revit. Great. You do not have to abandon those details. You don't have to abandon that library. You can start going and inserting, creating, like, drafting views in Revit, and inserting in those CAD, those CAD details, right? So you're not wasting all that time that you've already spent doing that. So it's going to move forward.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's a progressive approach that you can take. Like you were saying, uh, um, if you've modeled some things in CAD and you're slowly getting to Revit, um, you can use uh, basic geometry, basic families to represent stuff. But in certain views, you can choose to show your CAD, what you're showing on your CAD from CAD in that view. So it's it's pretty cool. Like, it's pretty remarkable in that that, uh, that way. Um, so, gosh, it's kind of hard to bring it all back together. The, uh, <laughs> I would say, yeah. like,
1: this this program is versatile. It's going to give you the baby steps. You go through crawl, walk, and run with CAD. You're, you're going to yeah. be able to kind of... You know, baby step it out, learning your ways through doing whatever it is that you're doing and whether you're going to go into Revit, you're going to go into um, Inventor, you know, wherever you choose to kind of go off with that, InfraWorks, Civil 3D, what have you, it's giving you that basis to kind of start from and and build off of. I, I would say that's the biggest thing for CAD here. The price point is great. Um, you're going to be able to have again, a very versatile program that is going to allow you to get into the the inner kind of workings of BIM. And then as you get deeper and deeper and deeper into it, you can start expanding that usage into you know the add-ins or into the other um, functionalities that we have. Or you know, bumping it up and going with going with Revit, going with Navis, you know, going Civil, what have you, whatever your flavor is there. There's always ways to push forward and take the information with you.
0: Yeah, and what I find is uh, starting off with something that you're familiar with or something that's probably easier to swallow, like AutoCAD, um, is great. And then when that when that project rolls around or when you feel that it's time for your firm to make that leap, jump into Revit. Uh, depending on your your industry, obviously, right? If you're GIS, yep. you might not jump into Revit yet. I say yet, yet. because yep. <laughs> we're it's seeing coming. some leap there. Yeah. Um. So so and and the great thing is, uh, like I mentioned earlier, there's training everywhere, right? There's great three-day courses. Um. You know, instructor-led. Uh, so you can ask questions. There's a great e-training out there. It seems like the the cost for a three-day class, I've seen anywhere from like a $900 to you know, like a $2,000, uh, depending on the market you're in, I guess, uh, location. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Autodesk does a pretty decent job of putting some in-program tutorials in um, uh, in all of the Autodesk products, pretty much. So uh, yeah. you can go to the Help and actually get the uh, tutorials. Kind of gives you a general overview of the interface. And then the forums are great, the Autodesk Knowledge Network's great. There's so much content out there uh, for those that are trying to push the boundaries and looking to explore what AutoCAD can do for them. But it since is. we are a BIM focused podcast, I think it's important for us to highlight real quick, um, just circle back to that that topic about if you're in AutoCAD today and you wanna, you know, you wanna get to BIM and you're telling people you wanna do BIM, you are doing BIM.
1: We're already doing it.
0: Just figure out how to put more information in there. Or if you feel the need uh, and the timing's right to jump into Revit, there's plenty of resources out there for you. Uh, shoot, you know, message David and I on LinkedIn. We're always down to to have those conversations as well.
1: Definitely, always, always love it when we can have a conversation with like-minded or passionate individuals. I mean, it, it's always great for us to to hear any feedback from any of you guys on this. Um, we love it.
0: Yeah, and i'm excited to uh i don't want to let the cat out of the bag yet but there's some great feedback that we've gotten and great um uh stuff that's been you know getting in place so we're going to have some great guests coming soon i promise you uh so we're going to get through uh autocad today we're going to focus on revit um uh, i guess we'll do that a little bit later in this week uh Definitely. and then we'll do yeah and then we'll do uh navisworks the following week and then bim 360 and we'll kind of call it a wrap on the software kind of, you know, we've gone through the the basic flavors, at least the stuff that's, you know, more so in our wheelhouse. Um, so then after that, it's really important for us to start bringing in, uh, industry experts, um, uh, uh, software to, you know, companies, um, uh, people that are really using it out in the job sites. Uh, there's, yep. there's, there's a list of growing, growing people that are uh, a growing list of people that are, that have reached out to be on this podcast. So looking forward yeah. to putting that stuff in place.
1: Definitely, man. You know, if we can start exposing some of these workflows, kind of taking down those silos, like, I mean, I don't want to say siloed information. We're not exposing it in that sense, but making people aware, right, of what these workflows are, what is capable or what they're capable of, I would say, and, and, yeah. and really showing the power of BIM in all of its aspects.
0: Yeah, and, and something that we've kind of touched on, but we've also glossed over, is the importance of um, you know execution plans, BIM execution plans, mm-hmm. having a BIM strategy focus. Um, that comes in many forms, uh, but there that does uh, does exist in some some uh, sense for AutoCAD. Um, so with AutoCAD, we have uh, AIA standards. We have um uh, layers we have we there is so much stuff that's already predefined that's out there that we can utilize um, for for our own standards definitely yep um so i guess that's kind of autocad in a nutshell i mean i think we we went all over the place yes um it's kind of hard not to uh you drink a few beers and you <laughs> talk about autocad i mean whatever <laughs> happens right Whatever happens with AutoCAD stays with AutoCAD.
1: <laughs> Cover the board.
0: Cover the board, man. Cover the board. Just know that AutoCAD never gives up. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, man. Sorry. Uh, so um, is there anything else you wanted to add about AutoCAD before we uh, uh, call it quits, man?
1: No, I mean, I, I did have one other thing I, I I really like about AutoCAD. You know, and after all the... The things said about it, it is one of the big programs that can go backwards. It is backwards compatible. Do a save as, you can save back to 2013, 2012, 2007. It's kind of ridiculous, but being able to kind of go back and pull, you know, information from maybe a CAD file that was made in 2006, and you know, being able to pull it up and. and still interact with that file or save back to someone who is working in a previous version who someone's not ready to push forward yet and they're, they're stuck in, you know, the 2015-2016 CAD, which is fine. That's great. If it's still working for them, use it. But being able to save your CAD files back so they can still use that information is very key in this entire workflow.
0: 2015-2016 CAD, yes, still use it. 2009 CAD? Buy a new seat of software. Ha, <laughs> oh my gosh oh i'm just kidding actually i'm not kidding that is that's too far back it's hard to collaborate with you come on now you're making life hard um you know the the ability to save down is always amazing uh especially as uh i've dealt with a lot of ancillary um uh pieces of i'll say hardware as well as plugins and they all run on legacy versions of cad um So having the ability to save back even from a newer newer file and just dumb everything down and and give it to that, you know, um, uh, ancillary object, whatever it is that's consuming the data um, is great because, you know, more often than not, that piece has gone away. And I'm speaking about um, uh, whether it's you know, weird data collectors or um, agricultural equipment or fabrication uh, CNC machines or whatever that are just, you know, they, they cost a lot of money back in the day uh, and they no longer make that type. So it's a big fortune to upgrade. Having the ability to save down to work with those older pieces of equipment is amazing. Um, so with that, guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Brewing with BIM.